Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season three of the pod, where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. And Lots beer. of beer. Lots of beer, JR. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly presented by Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I'm JR, he's Mike, and in celebration of Thank a Superintendent Day, we sit down with the superintendent of Falcon Lake Golf Course, Dave Turner. Well, we always extend this out for a month, so Thank a Super Day is September 12th, but we here at 18 Over Par, the past three seasons, I've made a month out of it because we really appreciate the superintendents. We should make it a year. We love uh, what you guys and gals do on the golf course to make it nice and green for us idiot golfers to go wreck it. But uh, we love talking to superintendents. With the feedback we get back from the episodes that we do with superintendents is pretty incredible because people are like, oh, I didn't know that they that they did that. It's like just everything's green and nice and lush. But there's a lot of work that goes into it. So we're super happy to have uh, you on, Dave. Thanks for taking the time uh, with us this evening. We're going to get into it and we're going to get into Bryce Matlashewski, hopefully on the golf course, because he's been trying to get us out there for two seasons now. And he's an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204 515 446. We also have all of his info in our link tree. Just go to our social media pages. It's right in our bio. Click that link, and our link tree is right there for you. And you can send us tips, too. Check it out. Check out the link tree. I checked it out a few times. Yeah, I noticed. We're starting to get some clicks on there, maybe like five. Uh, and also, so I was playing at Southwood, and we'll get into Dustin Howe, because we had him on the show last season, and he brought up Dave Turner, who we have this time around on the show, but I was playing in the member guest and unbeknownst to me, one of the gentlemen who I was playing with in the other twosome, big fan of the show. He was one of our original listeners. Wow. Did not know him from a hole in the ground. And he said, you guys talk about beer in the opening, but as of late, you haven't really been talking about beer. So Mike and I, we both have beer tonight. What are you drinking? Well, I got the uh, Stanley Park Lager uh, they got a good, uh, mix pack at the LCs or the beer vendors. Good mix pack. You get a lager, some IPAs, uh, some other things, you know, and, uh, a little bit of this, a little that's bit of that. I, that's what I'm drinking tonight. Nice. I got the Granville Island. So just down the road, English Bay Ale. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So it's we uh, are, good, 5%. So we're, we're on the West, we're on the West coast drinking anyways tonight. We're West coasting it tonight. Nicely done. Yeah. Although we do love. We do love the local breweries. It's just what I had in, in my fridge, and I was taken aback by the comments. Like, you guys got to talk about beer more. I said, okay, we can do that. Yeah, but it's a golf podcast. We can't drink every night. 
<laughs> well, you, you could. You could. You, know, you, you certainly you could. could. You certainly Somebody could. might call you something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I also want to give a, a couple of shout outs here as well. Uh, Rhonda Orr, tied for seventh Canadian Senior Women's Championship. Shout out to Rhonda, member at Southwood. As well, Frenchie. 204 Frenchie, a.k.a. Andre Martel. We had him on a few episodes earlier this season. He is overseas right now. I believe it's for the Caddy School for Soldiers. And he sent us some updates. So we'll be hopefully posting those on our Instagram as uh, he sends them to us. So shout out to 204 Frenchie nice. and uh, Rhonda Orr as well. Rhonda, come on the show. We right. have a cool. we have an Instagram account. Yeah, I didn't know that. We apparently do. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, at eighteen over par pod. I think we're over seven hundred and twenty uh, followers now. Maybe five hundred bots and uh, two hundred and twenty real people. But I'm happy with that. <laughs> we always get the funny Russian names liking our stories. Definitely, yeah, big bot. listeners. Uh, what, what were the big big listeners in? And, I don't know uh, Estonia, uh, Estonia, some yeah something somewhere in Western Europe with an A, geography majors. You can help us out with that one. Baron, no, yeah. no not Baron. I don't think they have the internet there. Anyways, don't want to start shit with them. All right, Dave, let's get into you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and well, thanks you, for having me on, guys. Well, Appreciate we, it. yeah, well, it's uh, it's awesome to have you on. Love Falcon Lake. Love the golf course. I started playing there at 18 or 19, maybe even before that. I was out there playing. Beautiful track. Love it. It comes up all the time when we talk about the favorite golf courses that people love to play on this show. When we bring them on, they say Falcon Lake, always up there. But you yourself, you're actually a golfer too, right? Like, how'd you get into the game? Probably a normal story like everyone else. A bunch of buddies, we just decided, hey, let's go try out golf. And uh, like I had mentioned, I grew up in Fort Richmond, and so... Back in those days, you wanted to do anything. Mom wasn't driving us everywhere, so we threw our clubs on our back, biked from Fort Richmond down to Crescent Drive, and paid our green fee, got our little metal tag, which was what what number you're going to tee off. It was always like 99, and they were on number six, so we'd sit around there for five hours waiting to play our nine holes, right? Eat about 15 plates of French fries, play nine holes in an hour and a half, and drive back home. Yeah, yeah. so it just, uh, yeah, I did that for quite a bit, and... You know, we did the kind of the Muni tour going out to Cottonwood back in the day when it was still open because it was a cheap green tea and fun to get out of town. And yeah, that's uh, I, I, that's the way to do it, and especially the French yeah. fries. Well, yeah, I guess I got a good metabolism, so I've been able to stay pretty scrawny all my life. That's but, good. Yeah, I, I used to play a ton of golf, and uh, you know, I've got three girls now, and as as you get busy with family, golf kind of just became on the on the back burner for me. But uh, this year, just on a side, I've played the most golf I've probably played in eight or nine years. Ooh. So I kind of got the bug again. So now I'm I'm kind of pumped up to get going. Right. So next year will be my year. I'll, I'll get back into the swing of things. At least nice. try to play once a week. <laughs> yeah. Cut cut the holes where you know you can hit them. Well, that that's what people always say, eh? right? Well, you put them where you hit them. So I always say, I just say I hit it straight. I don't hit a drawer or a fade, so it doesn't really matter, right? Are your daughters into golf? You know what? They never really got into golf, which it really frustrated me because they're all pretty naturally gifted athletes and they all have great golf swings and they can just go out, grab some clubs and whack the ball around it and look like they're seasoned golfers. But they just... 
they really have no, they just never really caught the bug in that interest to go. Mm. They always just wanted to do other things, more expensive yeah. things, wakeboarding yeah. and all the, right. all the good stuff. Yeah. Golf's too easy. I don't <laughs> think it's too easy. I, I think, I think it's one of those normal stories, right? You're, you're out there for either, you know, two, two hours plus for nine holes, or you try to get them out there for four hours. It's just, it's, it's too long of a haul for them. Right. Right. They just lose their interest, but yeah, it's all good though. It's all good. So whereabouts are you coming to us from? So we're on Zoom. So are you out uh, in and around Falcon Lake? Yeah. So I don't know if you're familiar with Falcon, but I like we live on the service road that you see, like where the school and the community club is. Okay. So anyway, like I'm eight clicks from Falcon. I'm down at the Tony out of Turnoff. So hmm. so basically, kind of halfway between Falcon and Westhawk. And Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but you and Dave actually met earlier this year when you were on the Harambe tour, was it? Well, I don't know if we met uh, officially, but uh, we we came out there. It was June 22nd. Uh, the humidity was 96%. Uh, yeah. We were there in the morning, and I did have a good chat with Rob Hollins, uh, one of the pros there. And yeah. uh, we had a little bit of a rain delay, and I think we were due to tee off around 1030, and we, we tee off around 1230. But you were out there. It was it was raining off and on, and rightfully so. You weren't letting the golfers, some of the golfers, on uh, because it was too wet. And and I'm sure you you had your best interest in the golf course. So uh, I don't know if we actually. I don't think we met that day, but we certainly talked a lot about you. Good things. <laughs> good things. You still played that day though. Like we you played did, the yeah. yeah. We got out. Card um, pass only problem. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Golfers, golfers love that. Eh? <laughs> you know, it wasn't too bad. It was, it was, I mean, a beautiful course and, uh, yeah. you gotta get your steps in when you're out there. Hey, yeah. I don't mind. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's one of those things like, it's like you say, you're always in the back of your mind as a super, you're always going to protect your, your turf as much as possible. And I think a lot of times, like, it's not like we want to do that and we're not trying to punish golfers. Right. And at Falcon, it's even worse because if you've got a cart, cart path on one side of the hole right and i mean if you're on 18 and you hit a fade you could be walking 80 yards across to get your ball i mean and that's and that's really tough and especially on anybody that has any kind of medical issue right or just anybody that's aged type of thing i mean it's always on our mind right i mean i always want to get carts out there as soon as possible but sometimes you just you just have to protect the turf it just is one of those things it's unfortunate but this year we've been pretty lucky. So you just played on a bad day. Yeah. To tell yeah, you the well, truth. Hey, yeah, we, had had, a, we had a fun day. I mean, those two hours we spent uh, a good, a lot of money. Uh, we, we got some beers, we got some breakfast and then some of the guys bought a full wardrobe in the, in the pro shop. Oh, nice. And then, and then even Rob, Rob Holland's there. Uh, he led us on to the uh, practice screen, and then I, I, we cornered him for some lessons too, and we we wouldn't <laughs> let him go. So uh, he he taught us a lot that day. Cool. Did you learn something? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do they say? Education without action is entertainment. Oh, it was entertaining. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> nice. You're welcome. There you go. I think yeah, we're we're done with the show now. It came from me. Finally, I said something that made people think. Finally. Although I was going to ask, Mike, if that, because there was a gentleman who was pushing a lawnmower in the rain that you took a video of. I'm guessing that wasn't Dave. 
I don't think so. There was a, it was a push mower and he was on the boulevard, um, you know, between the clubhouse and where the tennis court area would be, but he was mowing the lawn in his rain suit. It was just funny to see somebody mowing the lawn in the rain, but I guess you just, you just got to do it when you can. Yeah. Sometimes we just, uh, depend. I don't know where he's probably maybe mowing there a couple islands in the parking lot there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, usually we try to do as much to a routine as possible unless you're absolutely pushing water and you know, you're doing more damage than you're causing good. So how did you uh, end up getting into the turf care side of the business then? So you're a golfer first and then you got into the turf care side of the business or did you did do something else there when you were a youngster? Uh, I did a, a few different jobs when I was younger. Uh, before I got into turf, I was working for a, a friend's concrete company. So when I was 14 and 15, basically show up to work at seven in the morning, get wheelbarrows full of concrete, haul them to the back of people's houses, pouring sidewalks, just a brutal job, wow. brutal job. Yeah. So it worked with a, like a pretty wide range of characters, let's say. So when I was 17, I was, I was looking for a change and a buddy of mine was working at the old Southwood and he just said, Hey, why don't you come down and meet my boss and see if he'll give you a job. So I just went down there and I talked to him at the time, his name was Jack Davies. He was the superintendent of Southwood for 40 plus years. Uh, yeah. So started there. And I, I pretty much knew that summer that this is a good gig, right? free golf to start. And like, I've always been mechanically inclined and love working with my hands and getting dirty. And it, for me, it was just awesome. It was just a great job, good spot to work, good golf course to play. Yeah. So that, that just got me going. And that was that I pretty much, like I said, I knew right away that 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 was the deal for me. How long would you have been at the old Southwood for then? 10 years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I worked for Jack Davies for one year, and then Brace Savard took over for Jack. Uh, yeah, so worked for Southwood there. Uh, went to Guelph to uh, take Turfgrass Management short course to get some official training. Did that uh, ninety three. Uh, worked two more years at Southwood after that. I uh, moved up to Swan River. Worked there for a year as a super. That was my first official gig as a superintendent. Great spot to be. Great, nice town, nine holer. And Dustin uh, Howe was there. Yeah, Dustin's dad was actually my greens chairman at the time. No way. When I was up there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Wayne Howe. So, yeah. He's got a lot of respect for you. Oh, really? Well, that's nice to hear. I, I respect <laughs> him just as much. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, I think when you're an assistant, you know, you, you always think you can do the job and, you know, you're always chomping at the bit like I want to get going. And so I went up there, you know, full of piss and vinegar and, you know, figured I had the world by the you know what's and I got up there. I mean, you get some shell shock. Now, all of a sudden, every decision you make, that's on you. Every, everything that happens, that's on you. So it was a good learning curve, but it was a great spot to be. Absolutely the best small town that you could ever be in. The people there were, were just gold. They would help you out in a heartbeat. And, you know, I had a lot of good people there that, you know, I leaned on. And, you know, they got me through some tough times. But, you know, kind of took my lumps and learned from that. And after that year... Uh, I went out to Hecla and I was up at Hecla Island for two years working there as a super, uh, again, so young. So now you go to an 18 holer, a little bit more pressure on you, uh, more staff to deal with, you know, more equipment, like the whole nine yards, again, good learning experience, uh, had a director of golf maintenance, Lloyd Davies, who was a longtime super at Hecla, a uh, great buddy of mine. 
Yeah. So he was a great mentor, helped me along and, you know, just honing my craft. And then, so what did we do after that? We had, they had a management restructuring with Venture Manitoba Tours who ran both uh, Hecla, the resort and Falcon. They cut a job and I was basically the odd man out. So I was left without a job there. So I ended up going and selling turf equipment, selling Toro for a year and quickly pretty much after a month, I knew that that was not for me at all. <laughs> right. <laughs> nothing, not, nothing against sales, but it just, I couldn't do it. It just wasn't my gig. So I, I suffered through that for a year. Uh, so then the guy that was working at, uh, like the super that was working at Falcon Lake, Tony Ferragazzi, he ended up taking the job at bridges as the growing superintendent when they started building it. So then venture just said, Hey, you want to come down to Falcon and take over there? And I said, absolutely. So went down there in 99 and uh, this is my 25th season there. Holy crap. Yeah. I didn't know you were there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Not to well, age you or anything, but my, no, my no, that's, uh, that's a 10 No, it's all good. It's all good. You know, it's, uh, it's kind of funny. Like you're we sitting back and we are talking with a couple friends here and, uh, I was actually out playing golf, uh, a couple long time buddies of mine, Eben Stovall and Cornell Ruddick. And we were just talking about, they couldn't believe it either, how long we've been there, but it's, it's just been a lifetime. And you just see how the course from when I got there to what it was like and what we've done and where we've got it to now. Like, it's just, it's been a great progression, a lot, a lot of lumps and a lot of learning and a lot of mistakes, but I think we've kind of brought the golf course into as good, if not better than any conditions you'll play anywhere else in Manitoba. Right. Which is the goal we strive for. So, you know, yeah, it's cool. Uh, like I say, 25 years, is a long time. Yeah. <laughs> right? but You mentioned even too, I guess, is there a kind of a big learning curve then, or is it enough where you can kind of get those entry level positions in there and you maybe see a little light in someone saying, Oh, maybe that person's got it or that person's got it. Or is it one of those gigs that, Maybe anyone can do. Like I'm a firm believer that yeah, I mean anybody can do anything. Like if they put their mind to it. But as far as me, and I, I'm just going to speak for myself. Like when you when you hire somebody and then they start working on the job. Like I, I pretty much know within two weeks if the if they're cut out for the for the type of work that we do. Right. A lot of people think, oh, it's just romantic. You're just out there. Right. You're either on a mower or under greens roller and it's all good. But I mean, the reality is the job is 90% labor, handwork. You, you're like, you're working all the time. And there's lots of people that just, they, they aren't cut out for it. I've had guys work for as little as one day. Oh, wow. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The guy will come in, he'll work a day and he'll phone you the next morning. Yeah, you did me in. I can't come to work. But I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. But I, I'm sure you find that in all in all businesses or or professions, right? That people think they can do something, and the reality they can't. Yeah. Had a guy that that worked. He's allergic to the sun. Are you sure you want to work here? <laughs> Same thing. Like lasted a week, right? There, there's there's too much sun there. Well, it stands to reason you're outside, right? You know. But yeah, sometimes yeah. my hands get pretty abrasive when I'm typing my keyboard. So I got to put on uh, some gloves. <laughs> I'm kidding. I would like all those quotes. That, uh, I, I, I appreciate the, the challenge and the, the labor that goes into it. And I don't know if I'd be cut out for it. I'd like to think so. My grass is terrible at home, but uh, it would be enjoyable being out there early mornings and in the nature and, and everything. There are some, some positives to that as well. And, 
but uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I tell people all the time that I, like, I love my job. I, I've loved my job since the first year I worked on a golf course and I still love my job a hundred percent to the day, the job itself. I mean, every job comes with all the other BS that goes with it that you'd like to toss out. But I mean, I don't have a dog anymore, but like I used to go out, like you say, first thing in the morning, I'd be there, whatever, four or four 30 in the morning, grab a coffee. My dog and I, we'd go out, start cruising around, stop on whatever given hole, right. In the middle of Falcon Lake, watch the sun come up, sit there, drink my coffee, pet my dog and just say like, like how many other people get to experience that every single day, right? It's, it's a pretty good gig. We take a quick break to hear from Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. So, Bryce, could you let us know what the difference is between a RRSP versus a TFSA? Yeah, there's a lot of confusion with these two tools. They're both great, but in a lot of instances, they're, they're, they're very opposite of each other. Uh, with a TFSA, you're dealing with post-tax money, uh, meaning you won't get a tax break when you make the initial contribution. But on, on that token, you won't be taxed on any gains that happen inside that tax-free savings account. An RRSP, on, on the other hand, uh, you're dealing with pre-tax money. You do get a tax break uh, when you make that contribution. And however, all, all of the withdrawals that you make will be taxed in the future. So uh, you can grow tax-free in the meantime inside of that uh, structure, but inevitably have to pay taxes to CRA when you draw down that account. Is there a recommendation if you're a newbie investor or someone that's new into wealth management that you suggest to go in one lane or the other, or do you try and do both at the same time? For most young people, a tax-free savings account is probably going to be the tool that you're going to want to maximize first. Uh, The reason for that is most younger people have a lower income or they're going to anticipate having a higher income in the future. So you want to contribute to a tax-free savings account when your income is lower or you anticipate your income is going to be higher in the future. At that same token, you're going to want to save your RSP room uh, until you're at a higher tax bracket. That way, when you are making contributions, it helps offset that higher tax that you're paying and uh, helps reduce your overall tax bill. That was Bryce Malachewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204 515 3446. Well, how many staff do you have on your team now? Uh, not enough. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I will say, though, that this this year I had the, the most number of staff I've had in eight years. So it, it's been the best year that way. Right. So six full time people, six part time people that work different number of days and days of the week that we've just kind of meshed together just to get things done. Uh, and so we do, we, we get things done and uh, I've, I've got a good group of people that really bought into the program and care about the golf course. So every, every, every day is a good day because they're out there trying to provide the best product we can. And, and that really helps that people care about what they're doing versus people that are just there collecting a paycheck and, you know, put in my time and bugger off and don't, you know, don't really give a crap of what, what they're doing. So this, this year has been really good. Uh, way back when we've had as many as 16 full-time people, which was, re- yeah, it was really good. And that, that would be probably more typical of what you would see at an 18 hole golf course 
in the city, but it's just, it's just been a tough grind in Falcon trying to find people for the last, well, for sure, six, eight years. It's just been a grind. Where would you uh, yeah, get yeah, people I, from then the, in and around the area to get people who come from the city? Yeah. So my, my full-time guys now are half of them are retired guys that are out Falcon Lake retired and just wanted something to do. And so they come and like, I, I was joking earlier in the year. So I'm 53 and up until the summer kids came in July, I was the youngest guy on the crew. and and, and that's no joke like that's no exaggeration but again they're good guys and i mean they work their tails off as much as they can i mean like you can only push them so hard but we've bought some uh like some motorized equipment and some specialty stuff to help us do like heavy tree work and you know things like that just to make it easier on them and yeah it's just worked out and so summer kids you get the odd ones that have somewhere at the like they have a cabin there they're out they want to golf right so they're out of the cabin all summer uh fewer local kids had a couple of younger local kids this year that uh work so they work three days a week yeah so i i mean i would basically hire anybody if they're willing and able to try it i'll hire you so if you want a job, come on out. Yeah. I'll give you. You, 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 just gotta, you just got to buy a million and a half dollar cabin. And, That's right. And I'll pay you minimum wage to cut grass. Well, JR, we can stay at uh, Big Cat's new cabin yeah. out there, and uh, maybe we'll do a, a week uh, week internship. That and, would be uh, something. Hopefully, we won't can... break anything or no no oil spills. We'll break. We'll no, no, that's all good. I was going break our bodies or break the equipment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't break your body while you're operating the equipment. <laughs> uh, we'll sign a waiver. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll sign you off that you're you are fully trained on that piece of equipment. Yeah. We'll, we'll put you on the green roller. You can't do too much damage on that. The first time that I played Falcon recently, and it was maybe three years ago, and I walked up. And it was early morning and they were rolling 18. And I was like, that's probably the first time I even saw a green rolling machine. And I knew I was in for some trouble because, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe I'm just not up that early to see the green rollers. But the amount of care that goes into that course is, is amazing. It's And we're even just driving past it. The that would be the is that the first hole? Second, or the second hole. hole second that hole that's right on the highway. The highway, yeah. 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 And it's just teasing you. I don't well, know. Where I, always, I, I always BS yeah, I always BS people that we put on three times of fertilizer on that hole. So <laughs> yeah. everything's super green and it just right, it just sucks everybody in that they gotta come play. The rest of the golf course is garbage. But right, we got your green fee, so come on. Let's go. You gotta you got a 500 yard billboard right on the side of the uh, Trans Canada Highway. Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent. But it works both ways, eh? If you have a bad year, it's going to do the the dead opposite, right? <laughs> so yeah, I drove you, by Falcon. Looks like crap. <laughs> have you had a bad year in the last 25 years? I'm the same as anybody. I've had I've had a few years where we've had some issues, right? But uh, I will like knock on wood, right? We we have not had a catastrophic year as of in my tenure, which, which is nice, which is nice. We're, we're pretty lucky. We're, we're in the bush. We're protected. Generally we're not affected by big winds in the winter. And as a rule, any snowfall we get because of, because of our tree line fairways, the snow tends to fall, stay, and it's good for winter. Right. Which is, which is definitely a bonus. Like we don't, we don't tarp it. We don't tarp any greens or teas. We don't do anything special that way aside from our fall fungicides. 
light top dressing, right? And just put them to bed as, uh, as healthy and as tame as possible is, is kind of the goal. Right. Got a pretty solid program. I've been doing the same thing for, you know, tweak it here and there, but I've been locked in for probably 10 years with the same routine of, of hardening off the turf and as best we can, as mother nature allows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's worked out well, like I say, just, and just lucky. I say every course could do the exact same thing. Right. In fall as in terms of fertility and their aeration, their fall fungicides. Right. But you just, you just never know with mother nature, what she's going to give you. I mean, you could have ice in the city. You could have absolutely no snow out in Starbucks and they're just getting wind blown all year and desiccation. And you know, you, you just never know. It's just, it's, it's like a crapshoot. You do your best, you roll the dice. You know, and you hope when that snow melts that things are going to look okay. And then, you know, you've got a good year going. So, mm-hmm. well, it always seems to be a good year anyways. Am I, although I haven't been out there since I've come back to Manitoba, but I, I definitely got to get out there and, and, and do it again because well, yeah, it's, it's you one should, of my favorite You should come now because right now it's, it's awesome. I will say, uh, the past three years are, are like probably the best turf years like the best condition the golf course has been in my time there and this year for sure is probably the best if not one of the top top two years wow. for sure like yeah yeah for me i mean i'm, I'm a pretty happy guy right now so <laughs> i'll be happy when yeah. it snows because <laughs> right? it, it, it's been a long year but i mean it is what it is right it's just yeah, yeah. things are good it's september 7th right now what time how long do me and JR have until the course closes to get out there? Thanksgiving Monday, last day for golf. Oh, so not bad. We still got some time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it, like yeah. I always say, anytime in September in Falcon, if you can pick a day that's going to be like 15, 17 degrees, like fall golf is the best. Leaves are just starting to change color. So you come in two weeks, it'll, it'll just be awesome. Turf is usually good. Cooler nights, cooler days, turf recovers from the high stress of summer and things just start to look a lot better, lusher and greener. Yeah. Usually a good experience in fall golf. There you go. That can be said for anything in Manitoba though too. So Yeah. September always does seem to be a pretty good month, especially if you catch it on a on a on a warmish day, even like you said, or you know, in the city, maybe around the the twenties, something like that. It's uh you gotta get out there and play because we know it's it's winding down, but hey, we still got a good month or month or so to go here, which uh, which is awesome. Um, yeah, you would think, but like today, we were packed from seven thirty to two thirty solid tea times for mm-hmm. September. Like after the long weekend, I mean, that's that's bonus for us. That's a good deal. <laughs> yeah, well, we we kind of talked about this before we came on and talking about whether or not Falcons kind of the resort course. So I'm assuming those July August months are just packed, but in the shoulder season you still must get a lot of traffic. You know, it's really hit or miss, right? I, the big thing now is because everyone has a cell phone. So everyone goes to a weather app and they're, they're all amateur meteorologists, right? So, <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to go golf for the day, right. And you can go to bridges and it says sunny and 20 Falcon, 40% chance of rain. You're probably going to offer bridges, Mm-hmm. Right. Rather than go to Falcon and risk, maybe there's rain type of thing. Right. So I, I think we lose out on a bit of that. Right. But when the forecast is good on the shoulder seasons, we're definitely busy, definitely busy, which is nice because that's, that's kind of bonus money for us because you never really know what you're going to get. And like you say, middle of June, pretty much that second week of June, you, you know, 
tea times ramp up, tea sheet gets pretty full. July and August is usually just crazy, like just crazy busy, right? 6 a.m. to, you know, end of twilight, 6.30 solid tea times. I guess, I guess you'd call it a resort golf course. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, it's it's sort of a resort e-town, but it seems like there's yeah. definitely been some growth, especially the past few years out there, even around West Hawk as well. So I'm sure uh, cool. it's going to get busier and busier. I hope so. <laughs> more green fees, more money to say. Yeah. Keeps like, you in business. But could, you could, you could do like a day trip from Winnipeg. It's like an hour and a half or hour 45 or what is it? Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. So like from Deacon's corner, you're an hour 15. So then you add on wherever you got to come from in the city. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, it's a simple day trip. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, we, we've got a good, like a newer clubhouse there. Great place to eat. Right. There's other options there as well, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we're full service. So you can come play your golf, have a bite and make it home easily. Right. Before it's too late. And the yeah. sexiest man on the cart aside from you, Dave would be the beverage cart guy. Don Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he came out, he came over with Christopher Columbus. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Hey, yeah. Sure. He gets Don, that a Don's lot. A, oh yeah. Don's a real good guy. He used to own uh it's now called the high point, right? But it used to be called the landing. So he built that restaurant and operated that for years in West Hawk. Uh, he sold that. Well, it's a long time ago now. And then he came over and started working on the golf course. And he was buddies with Bill Shedden, the former uh, operator of the restaurant. Yeah. Started on the, the beer cart and he's just been doing it ever since he's been there as long as I've been there. He gets around. I was going to say, Mike, did you see him on the course when you were out there? Oh, absolutely. He had a, he had his short shorts on and we were tipping him real good. Oh yeah. <laughs> Asking him to bend over. Right? Oh, no. <laughs> uh, in all oh, truth, yeah. he was an unbelievable guy and he had some great stories and, and he has a great sense of humor. And yeah, uh, he does. Yeah. And like he was a beer rep way back when, before he came out to the cottage country. Hey, eh? so yeah, like he can talk your ear off that guy for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah he's yeah. a good guy. If the groups behind us were backed up, we're going to blame it on Don. Not your power fade. (laughs) Exactly. Not too bad. Not too bad. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's tight, but it's not too tight. And I was reading about the course and this made sense to me. And and there are thick, tall trees there that almost makes it look the course tighter than it actually is, but, uh, you, you do get a little worried and, and then you kind of find yourself in trouble compensating or, or whatever. But I, you know, it, there are still wide fairways to be found there. We're pretty wide. Like if you compare us to something like Niaqua, like, I mean, we're wide. I was, I was playing the other day with a buddy, and he's from Nyaka, so we were talking about it. So I can't remember, but on the horn there, that one back par four there. So if you take a fairway unit and you, you see those back and forth striping on the fairways, mm-hmm. right? So in Nyaka, I'm pretty sure the one fairway there, it's only six, like six stripes. So that's six widths of a fairway more, oh. right? Cutting back and forth. So it, I, I couldn't even tell you what that is. It's like maybe 25 yards wide, yeah. right? So you, you come to Falcon and you're on the 10th, it's 15 wide, Right. So you're over double. And yeah. it, like, I always say like on some of the holes, you could land up 747 at Falcon. Right? <laughs> but you are right. I, I, 
Yeah. I think it's that solid bush, like you say, because you can't see through the bush. Like you can't see those other holes. So it just makes you feel like you're, you're in that tunnel and right. Yeah. Tunnel vision takes over and you start, well, man, if I go right, I'm in the toolies. If I go left, I'm in the bush. Right. So exactly. Just, that just makes you, makes your uh, right hand grip a little harder and you tend to. Wah, I, wah. I played not too bad there. I think I shot like an 88, which is, which is good for yeah. me. Uh, That's and, solid. Hence the, the name of the program is 18 or par, but it was also raining and I, and I play well in the rain and when it, and, uh, but it was, you play uh, well in the rain. Oh yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a mutter. My oh, mother, good stuff. Good stuff. But, uh, I like the rain. Favorite hole at Falcon. I mean, 18 is, is awesome. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, something just coming in there and it, it's a challenging hole, but you can score on it pretty well too. See for I me, know. I like the first hole. The first hole is great what it too. Is. I just like the first hole cause you're, you're all amped up and you're ready to go. So maybe there's a little bit of that that's involved mm-hmm. in it, but it suits well for my game, a little right to left, but it's still challenging enough, but welcoming enough to get you off on a, on good footing. At least that's in on my a good note. Anyway. Yeah. 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 I get it. Yeah. That makes sense. What about you? What's your favorite hole? Minor toss up. So 14 for sure. If you know that par four down, you got to lay up in front of the Creek and then the water. Yeah. A, yeah. And then kind of hit a semi uphill to the, to the green it's usually a tougher shot coming in there right mm-hmm. hard to get to and then if you play uh the 16th hole but you have to play the 16th hole from the back tees from the blues and then it, that's a great par for tough green to hit into right from the blues you're probably hitting like a six iron in right because you're 80 yards back from the white tees so if you're on the white tees it's kind of tough if you can bomb the ball i mean you're just hitting a hitting a wedge in there both, both really good golf holes and then Third runner up to that would be the par three eighth hole, right? Again, hitting, hitting over the Creek to elevated green there, you know, two tiered green can be pretty mm. some tricky pin placements on there. Nice hole. I probably didn't do too well on that one. That's why I was like, well, let's erase that one. <laughs> yeah. Get it out of the memory. Yeah. I get it. I, get it. I, I think I did decent on 18. So obviously we are drawn to the holes that we, we play well on. And unfortunately I only played it like once or twice in the last three or four years. So we got to get out there before uh, Thanksgiving for sure. That there you go. Standing yeah. invitation. Come on out. All right. Well, yeah. Let me definitely. know. Let me know when you want to come. Yeah. We, uh, like we said in, in some previous podcasts, we got to take off the whole month of September here to get out and golf. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Sounds like it sounds like a good gig. I, I, uh, <laughs> I was reading today and I know I'm sure you, you're well versed in this, but I, I read that it was a Stanley Thompson design 1958. But Thompson passed away in 1952, and then I read that uh, his apprentice, Norman H. Woods, uh, had his hand in it. Norman H. Woods is the designer of the golf course. Okay. Yeah, so Norman Norman Woods was an understudy of Stanley Thompson for a while, right? And Norman Woods designed this golf course. So way back when, when Venture Manitoba first took over, they tried to, they were trying to make that, connection right to bring some notoriety to the golf course and they just couldn't do it like i mean stanley thompson society just basically thought it was said no he had nothing to do with it which (laughs) as it turns out it wasn't i had opportunity years ago to talk to the guy who did all the the initial construction on the golf course his name was don drysdale a local guy with a bunch of construction equipment and and he just reiterated that fact that Norman Woods was the one who was there who had the drawings and he was there on site 
you know, making changes and adjustments as they were building the golf course. I think we've heard that before where maybe courses have stamped uh, Stanley Thompson's name on it and, and, and maybe he hadn't had much uh, to do with it. I think we were talking about Clear Lake and maybe Stanley Thompson did the, fir- the front nine, if that, and then uh, somebody else did the, the back nine. But I mean, it would maybe it was more of a marketing thing. Uh, but we do, Mr. Woods there, he made the, the West nine at, in St. Charles there. So hundred uh, percent. Yeah. We have heard of him before. Oh yeah. He's been around. He did quite a few courses. So yeah. Or yeah. also known as the parking lot for the LPGA event or the senior PGA event. Set. Yeah. <laughs> <That comes through. laughs> yeah. I, I like those guys. I like, I like the guys at St. C. I got a lot of friends there and, and friends that are members. Yeah. I personally think the West just gets a bad rap. It does. I like honestly. the West. I like, I, yeah, I played it two or three times, uh, the last year, the year before it's like, Holy shit, this is still a pretty good track. I believe that a hundred percent. And I, I mean, I could be wrong, but that's just my personal opinion. I, I think because it's kind of the forgotten sister that they just kind of say, okay, we'll just leave that as is. And they concentrate more on the other side, whether that's the case or not, I doubt it. Right. Maybe just perception, but I, I think it's a great, uh, it's a great nine in its own. You discuss venture and I had read about them. Were they, yeah. were they a part of the province of Manitoba or they were, they were completely apart and, and does the province. So uh, Falcon is in the white shell provincial park. So does the, the government must own the land. And then uh, uh, I guess, was it Lakeland uh, leases and runs the golf course? And, and is that what venture was doing? I guess. Yeah. Uh, so a hundred percent. Yeah. The golf course is leased by whoever is operating the golf course. So, right. Province owns the same as if you had a cabin, right? Mm-hmm. We have a, a lease for X number of years that we pay to the province. Uh, Venture Manitoba was a crown corporation. Okay. So Venture ran Hecla and the resort for a number of years. And then they took on Falcon Lake in 96 that they took on Falcon Lake golf course into the fold. Venture lasted, you got to forgive me. I can't remember what year they were done, but I think Lakeland's been here now, I think this is either the fifth or sixth year for Lakeland. It could be even more, maybe okay. seventh. Yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. province got out of the resort business, I guess. Well, yeah. I, I mean, or, I, I, uh, I'm not a Golf political business. Yeah. yeah I, I'm not a political pundit, but I mean, it's pretty tough to be closing hospital beds and then putting money into a golf course, right? Yeah. Public perception, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe right. if more people were golfing, they wouldn't have to be in those hospital beds. <laughs> well, true enough, true enough. But so I, I, was, I, I, I wasn't gonna say it. I wasn't gonna go there. But I'm very <laughs> proactive. I'm not reactive. I'm a proactive. Kind oh, of guy. Hey, it is. A, it's an election year. Um, <laughs> vote, vote for golf. Vote for golf. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Are there increased environmental guidelines that you got to follow because you are within a provincial park, or it's fairly standard? No, no. Yeah. Every golf course in Manitoba has to adhere to a, a, a number of rules. You have to have licensed pesticide applicators. You need a pesticide use permit to, to spray use chemicals on your property. Uh, all golf courses have to file a nutrient management plan with the government, which basically is, this is the fertilizer in a nutshell that we're going to, we plan to put on the golf course. We have to file reports preseason and postseason of what we thought we were going to put on and what we actually put on. So the government keeps track of us. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. No, no special, like no real special 
uh, guidelines, like say if you're in Clear Lake with the feds, they have a little bit different up there in Clear Lake. He has uh, much more stringent rules and regulations that he has to follow up there in terms of what he's applying. We're, we're pretty frugal down here at, uh, in Falcon. From when I got here, the amount of fertilizer and chemicals that I that I used back then was like I look at it now and it's just it's gross how much I used to use to compared to what I use now. Yeah. Right? Is that a is that a cost thing too? I think that's something Dustin Howe had told us last year that, you know, with everything whether, you know, we'll call it inflation uh, getting more expensive, but especially on fertilizers and herbicides, yeah, uh, is yeah. that you, you, you kind of had to become frugal. A hundred percent. Like any, any golf course chemical that you use is astronomically priced. It, like, I mean, they're, they're great tools in our toolkit, but they cost a ton of money. So the less you have to use, the better. I think a lot of what I've done is uh, my tolerances for a lot of things have just like gone way down. I, I would, before I would see three dandelions, I, I'd put the sprayer on, I'd be out, I'd blanket spray the whole golf course. Whereas <laughs> now, well, no, honestly, that, that's basically what you did. Like you're like, oh, dandelions are coming, go out there and spray. So like now, like I would spray lots and lots of liters of uh, <laughs> whatever herbicide I could to kill broadleaf weeds. And now I spray, like this year I've sprayed 20 liters which is pretty minimal over a hundred acres of property. I just, we go out, we, we just spot spray any areas that just have like that become solid weeds. But for the yeah. most part, there's a few dandelions here, some plantain, some clover. It doesn't, it doesn't really bother me. We, we try to control that now through cultivation and just promoting healthier turf grass, like I'll call them swords, but that's basically like your blanket of turf grass, the healthier it is, weeds can't compete thin turf grass that's where weeds are going to pop up but if you have good healthy strong growing turf as a rule the weeds have a hard time competing with the turf so so that's what we strive for well i mean as much as you can i mean again you're honing your craft and you're you're just you know you, you can get in a you can get an easy rut of doing the same thing year after year and just i like i i know there's i'm not knocking guys but some guys just basically go right off a calendar like may long weekend i put this fertilizer down June 15th. I put this fertilizer down, right? Like, and they, that's just the way they do things. And that's what works for them. I mean, could you use too much? Maybe I've, I've been on a, the last eight years, I've kind of been on a quest to create the healthiest soil possible so that I'm treating more of the soil and less of the, the turf grass plant itself. So the healthier your soil is, the healthier your plant will be. Right. So I've been dealing Instead of a lot of fancy, synthetic, you know, expensive turf-oriented fertilizer, I've gone like 100% the other way. Cheap, easily found, lots of organic, lots of ag stuff. Dabble in the ag business because you can find the stuff. It's a lot cheaper. Dustin talked on the podcast last year with you about everything being foliar applied. So for me, aside from one application of granular in the spring, I'm the same way. All the rest of my nutrients are applied foliar throughout the year. And so, yeah, so doing that way, I, I, we save money that way. We save money simply by finding different products because you have to be more frugal and do Mm -hmm. more with less is basically what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and shout out to the herbicide companies and the ag companies because, uh, 
we're always looking for sponsors here and we're not <laughs> against having a, you know, Bayer crop science or whoever you guys are using sponsor us. Uh, I know well, Dustin's well, involved. I forget who Dustin was involved with. But, well, he uh, he should be sponsoring because he, right, he's he uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, he doesn't make it, but he he reps it. <laughs> right, yeah. he reps it. Oh, uh, damn! Well, I should have asked, asked him. Should ask him. Chris Blue, Chris Bloom at Even Spray. There you go. There's somebody's looking for sponsorship. Hey, so, there you Brett go. Young Seeds. Yeah, Brett Young Seeds. Right. Yeah. Feel free. Phone all those guys. Yeah, Please they should sponsor. be sponsoring you at least for one month here for Super. Exactly. I think Super so. Month. Super. Yeah, right? the Superintendent Month. Well, I wrote this one down, uh, and I, and I had to phonetically spell this out. Microdochium. You have any any microdochium patch? Yeah, exactly. You have any issues with microdochium? Uh, you can, yeah. Would that be uh, snow mold? Because I know some yeah. some courses. Uh, we talked about that last year too, but I feel like that would be. Or I'll ask this question to you: What are some of the most popular challenges, whether it be I'll call that a, a fungi or insects or or weeds. What are we fighting in Manitoba? Number one is your snow molds, right? Simply because of our location and you're dealing with at least five months of snow, right? So you're, you're dealing with that weather. But most guys, like I said before, they probably have a pretty pretty good program of their best practices, what they want to do to their property to get things ready for that. I mean, there's, there's a number of cultural things you can do and conditioning the plant to harden itself off for winter. But at the end of the day, we, we all have to spray some kind of fungicide, right? And areas that you don't spray fungicide for control of snow mold, I don't care where you are, you'll, you'll see problems, right? On any golf course. I mean, it just... And to reiterate too, I mean, you could do the same thing and spray those same chemicals and have the same year and that snow could melt and you could have four greens that are devastated and 14 greens that are just awesome. I mean, it's sometimes it's just, it's just a crapshoot. You just never know. Mm -hmm. But like that's, that's number one, I would say. If you have some older golf courses that are soil-based greens like ours, uh, older mix of Benta and Poana, which is annual bluegrass, we'll have some stresses of some other different diseases just simply because the soil stays wet right. uh, falcon we always have heavy dew the dew sits around sometimes it'll sit around till noon right so you have long periods of leaf wetness Interesting. so we have some different patch diseases we'll deal with that's opposed to like a, a sand based green where you know some of the other courses we'd see yeah yeah exactly so like you have newer greens so they, they have they have totally different diseases that they'll have to deal with simply because they are on sand, lower nutrients, drier, new turf is usually, I, I don't know about some of the newer cultivars, like different varieties of seed. I, they, they genetically modify, you know, like they breed them to have resistance against certain diseases. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, shout yeah. out to Monsanto. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, I don't know. Yeah. 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 <laughs> There's no Roundup Ready bent grass yet. I, I oh, okay, okay. To my to my knowledge, I don't even know what right? I'm talking about. I just yeah, I yeah. saw a documentary once. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, so, so there. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to get at is every single property is different, yeah. right? And and within that property, you could have like some places you could have four greens that were built two years ago. You could have four greens that were built eight years ago, and then you could have some greens that were original. So you have a superintendent right. that's dealing with three distinct areas. Like they're, they're all three potting greens, but they all have 
three distinct regimes of how they maintain them, take care of them, right? This one has to be aerated more. This one needs more sand. This needs less water. I mean, sometimes guys really are really juggling what they're doing. Yeah, yeah I, I think we're seeing Shout out to Braden Gilbert at uh, St. Charles. That's <laughs> exactly. What have. Yeah. yeah, well, I, that's what we're seeing now is, as some of these courses are, you know, 100 years old and, you know, they're having to start to rebuild these greens. Some courses can't rebuild you know, nine greens at a time or 18 at a time, they got to do it kind of one by one. So I no, hundred percent. I mean, it, yeah, it's a, it's a costly venture, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it definitely is. Super's got to be on their toes. They got to know what's going on and keep right. track of all that. Get those uh, sub air systems in there in Manitoba. Oh, man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> mine, mine would just be sucking moisture out of the greens nonstop. Right. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't be, I, you know, well, I, I heard I asked when when I was there, and I might have asked Rob Hollins, and uh, actually shout out. I think his brother is the super at Oak Island. He had told Oak, me Oak Island now. Yeah, he just he came back to Manitoba last year. I guess he was out in uh, Fort what, William and Thunder Bay for a number of years. Yeah. His name escaped me. What is his first name? Greg Hollins. Greg we'll have Hollins, to get yeah. Greg on. Shout out to Greg. But someone was telling me why Falcon was so lush. It was kind of like because all the water is running down through the golf course to the lake, but maybe that wasn't a, a scientific explanation. Yeah, maybe that was Don Lewis telling me that. Yeah. I think, I think somebody is feeding you some BS there. <laughs> I, I ate it up. You ate it up. Yeah. No. All right. All right. I, I will say, so the creek that runs through, it's just a watershed creek. So basically starts a couple kilometers north of the golf course. So anything that sheds off just pools and eventually comes down that creek, which isn't very long. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not like a, a major river. So for the past month, because we have basically no water, the creek has really just been stagnant, not even moving type of thing. I just say we're less because if you read, if you read some of the literature, when they built the golf course, they came up with a, a newfangled plan new to Manitoba that they just mixed the native soil that was there with peat and topsoil that they added, which when I talked to the guy that built it, it was basically they pushed it around with a dozer for a bit and then yeah. they raked it and they seeded it. Right. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. So at Falcon, you can find patches in the fairways that are pure peat. You can find pure clay and then you can find, we have a, we have a pretty native sandy, loamy kind of native soil and for the for the bulk of it probably 70 percent. that's what you'll find but so we we don't drain that well we tend to retain a lot of water so that's why we're we're super moist right that explains the two-hour rain delay yes yeah (laughs) yeah no no hey honestly like when i first got there in 99 like we would get if if you got a rain like a inch and a half rain like we would be closed for half a day because there'd be puddles everywhere. And so the first 10 years that we were there, like I was there, like I, I couldn't even tell you, we, we put in tens and tens of thousands of feet of drain line in there. Basically anywhere there was a puddle, we would cut drains through and snake through the fairways, throw a catch basin, which is just an open, mm-hmm. like an open spot for your drainage. You've seen those little green lids yeah. everywhere in a golf like course. A- do you call it a French, almost like a French drain? Yeah, French drains, French drains all over. Yeah. So we put them everywhere on the golf course, just so we could get that bulk of that water off the golf course as fast as possible. Just to open it up again. Oh man. Like 
shout out to everyone that worked for me from 1999 to 2010, because I look back now and a lot of university guys, a lot of really good people, like, I'm sorry, but I worked them like mules. Like (laughs) we worked our buns off and that was aside from the trencher digging the hole. It was all manual. Like we shoveled those castings, right? We had to shovel the rock back into the drains. Yeah. It it was uh, labor intensive, but again, shout out to them. Like we did a ton of work. And mm-hmm. uh, the first five years I was there, we excavated every bunker, put drains in every bunker, redid the sand. We did a lot of work there to, to mitigate water. Right. And just, just to keep the golf course open and playing. Yeah. Cause you know, I, again, it comes back to when you, you're looking at 10, 12 weeks of prime time to make your money, like right. two rain days. I mean, that, that's a big hit to your bottom line. Uh, that, that goes back to, you know, giving supers and grounds crew, appreciation because yeah. I don't think golfers know that, you know, some of us know, but most of the people probably just think you're cutting the grass and be like, what, what the hell is going on here? And you guys get the short end of the stick and you, you hear some, some guff, I'm sure. Do you get, you ever get some people that are just, if, if you've had any encounters with, with people that are, that are complaining too much or, or not. That, that just, that just comes comes with the territory. You're always going to have those people. Yeah. You have a lot, a lot of people that complain about little things. And a lot of times when I hear that, I like, I'm almost like, Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. You know, because you know, if, if they're complaining about the little things, the big part of what you're doing is aces, right? I mean, if people are right. complaining about, you know, there's pee on the floor of the outhouse or like <laughs> little things like that, you know, it's, well, it's true. I mean, that's, you know, we had that complaint. And so I told the woman, I said, well, then make sure you wear your shoes when you go in there. Right. And, <laughs> and, and so, I always, I always take but my you know, shoes off, but yeah, but you know what I mean? So like, you know, and, and she did, she kind of got, didn't see the humor in what my comment, but I'm just like, you right. know, like you got to remember it, it. It's a plastic toilet that's been baking in the sun. It's 35 degrees. Right. And you've got 280 golfers today. Half of them are all drunk and they can't hit that hole. Right. I mean, it's just, I mean, I mean like, it's just, it, it is what it is, you know, like, I agree. Yeah. But if, but yeah. if she's complaining about that, then I just take it as well, the fairways and the greens and the tees, uh, yeah. everything else must be pretty good. As long as all the other holes are mint, you know, if those four or five yeah, yeah, other yeah, holes yeah. are yeah. a little bit messy, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, there, there, I think there's a lot of people that don't understand, you know, you always get the comment, well, why do we have to see a mower out here? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, like Falcon, we have 36 acres of fairways. We have two guys that cut fairways, you know, each fairway unit. I, I can't remember. It, it does like two and a half acres an hour or something like that. So like do the math. I mean, you, you can only like the mower is going to be out there still at noon. If we start at one, you're, you're going to see a mower. I mean, unfortunately that's just the way it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Some people think that they should never see a mower or see a guy working, which is just physically impossible. <laughs> you can play at five. We're, we're definitely gone at five, but you know, but again, I just, I take those with a grain of salt. And if, and if people actually want to stop and, and discuss it a little bit and listen, I mean, I'm always game to talk to somebody about it, but a lot of times people, you know, the guy just made three, three putts in a row, or he's just having a crappy game. And you know, you're, you're the easy target. You're the easy out. My all out favorite is the way like people be sitting there ready to hit a shot in a fairway or something. And you're idling your machine on the side 
And, and then they're just like waving their club and they're waving their hands at the guy. So the guy turns off his mower and then just in recent years. So the guy's yeah. got his Bluetooth speaker there, just cranking the tunes, right. but yeah. that idling yeah. machine that you couldn't hear over the music, that, oh. that's the problem, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's hilarious. I got to say, I well, mean, yeah, it is sometimes, you know, even, yeah. yeah, I get it. I get you're, you're trying to focus and stuff, but if that's, what's throwing you off, I think you have a little bit more, uh, you have a lot more issues. Uh, oh yeah. T markers weren't lined up right down the hole. So I'm like, well, I mean, you should be aligning your feet, not with the T markers with, you know, like you, you should have that basic idea of when you're going, but yeah, people no, just complain no. about everything. I would though that screws me up actually, especially as uh, I have a big, I have aim is a big issue with me. So when the T markers are aimed, I guess where I'm supposed to be hitting, I do well. And then if they're not aimed, I, I just move them around as, as we're allowed to, right? <laughs> move them up 50 yards. That's right. Oh yeah. That happens at Falcon for sure. Oh yeah. Um, oh, taking yeah. a souvenir. I'm sure. I, got, I, I always say, yeah, our clientele, oh, souvenirs. Are you one of those guys? No. <laughs> so this, so this is a good story, right? Yeah. So, I think it was two years ago. It might've been two, it might've been three years ago. So I had some nice, real nice, our Falcon logo cut out of metal for T markers, had them powder coated the colors, right? They're super cool. eh? put them out there. We ended up within basically a month, half of them were stolen. Oh, come on. <laughs> no, no, hundred percent. Yeah. So oh, yeah, no. yeah, it was pretty funny. So then we cleaned up the ones that were left and we put them in the pro shop for people to sell. And it, I kind of said to the boss, I said, well, I mean, everyone that comes in and buys, that T marker, ask them for the other one back. Don't sell them that one because they're trying exactly. to get a match set. <laughs> yeah. Well, they should almost, I, I saw this, like they should almost, you know, a technology and maybe the inexpensive cameras. Now you just have like a, a camera on every hole. Not that that's going to give you a lot, you know, you can't call people out, but at least you'd, yeah. you'd see a lot of bullshit or maybe catch a hole in one. Who, who's going to monitor it all, though? That would be the thing. JR can. He's yeah, got a I lot of time. He's good at it. Editing. Okay. Yeah, well, you can sign out because I'm definitely not signing up for that. I got <laughs> enough hats to wear <laughs> without watching that. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I wanna... definitely get a lot of fun times at Falcon. Yeah. Well, we, get, we get the serious golfers until noon, and then we get the, the drinkers afternoon. <laughs> Hey, well, that's okay too, right? They just woke up from out of the campsite or they made their way out from the city yeah, and right. away they go. Yeah, That's why I yeah. tee off at, at 11 o'clock and we have a good oh, yeah, you're trying five to, holes you're trying and to... then we drink in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I was going to tell you, you're trying to sandbag us. <laughs> <laughs> Think you're serious and then you pull out your case of Coors Banquet on the 10th hole. Oh, Coors Banquet. I don't, give me some credit here. I don't know. Oh, a, well. Some lab lights, hopefully, but... Um. Anyway, Jr. Jr. has a an actual question. Yeah, well, <laughs> when you talked about what you do during the season. I'm assuming you get some time off when the the snow is falling. Yeah, like uh, for me here, I, I have a nine month contract, so I work work March one to November thirtieth. I still come in in the winter. I got to plow snow and keep the buildings open and just check on them for insurance purposes. But I mentioned I have three girls and oldest is 22 middle is 20. My youngest is almost 16 and they've been heavy into hockey and all kinds of sports. So basically uh, usually that second week of September hockey starts and then it's just 
go, 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 or at least it has been. I'm down to one just playing hockey now, but do a lot of hockey. Did, I coached them all growing up through minor. I've been coaching uh, the high school girls team in Kenora at uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. This will be my, I think my eighth year involved with that or six year, six or eight years, something like that. Yeah, so I do that, and that keeps me uh, fairly busy. Keeps me sane, you know. Catch up on things to do around the house and that that you kind of tend to neglect because I'm not really around much during golf season. My wife can attest to that. She's a widow for most of the year, definitely from May long to September long. So yeah, that keeps me busy. Do you play at uh, all, or are you just coaching? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I still play hockey. Play uh, old timers in uh, Kenora, and yeah. Got a good group of guys there. It's pretty good league. Still, still half competitive, which isn't bad. Just enough to keep an old guy feeling like he's still got some, still got some moves and some style. <laughs> the high school team there, like you guys, I don't know are, are how many high schools are in Kenora, or is there one? Or and are you traveling? You must be doing some little bit of traveling down to the U.S. War Road or those places. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah we have in the past. There's two two high schools. There's a public high school which is Beaver Bray, and then there's a Catholic high school which is uh, St. Thomas Aquinas. And that's where I coach. Yeah. So yeah, our league, we got 14, five teams in our league, the two high schools in Kenora. So Beaver Bray, uh, Sioux Lookout, Dryden and Fort Francis. So that's our league that we play. Right. And then we supplement that by going to tournaments. So we go to a tournament in Winnipeg, Portage. Uh, we'll go to Thunder Bay, play out there, play the Queens, like the Thunder Bay Queens, the double A program. Yeah. And then we just try to drum up games wherever we can just to nice. keep the girls busy. Yeah. Got some KMs on the, the bus, I guess. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't even guess. Right. So like back from minor. So like we would be going to Kenora from Falcon, like as a family, like with the three girls, we'd be going at least three days, if not four days a week just for hockey, all three would go, they'd play and then we'd come back. And wow. so when my oldest was in, uh, going into grade 10, we made a decision. So we bought a house in Kenora <laughs> as well. So we have, two, yeah, yeah. You're laughing, but we call it the <laughs> hockey house. Basically. It makes so, sense. Well, just to save on the driving. And so the, the, the kids could be in Kenora, be in school and partake in all those sports. So they play everything, volleyball, basketball, hockey, like they, they do it all badminton, whatever's going on there, they're doing it, which, which is good. I mean, it's good for the kids and then saved a lot on the travel. Right. Mm-hmm. So Certainly. like here in Falcon, there is a school that goes up to grade 10. So, but after grade 10, they get bust to Steinbach. So if they want to do sports, yeah, we'd be, we'd have to go get them in Steinbach and, and work out a Steinbach. I guess Stan, Steinbach's what? For us from Falcon. Yeah. It's it's just around an hour. And so from my house now to the Kuwait arena, I can be there in 40 minutes. It was kind of a no brainer. Right. Yeah. 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 And they had a good hockey program there. They got a really good school there. Right. And like I say, they have opportunity to, to play all kinds of sports and do whatever they want there. So, yeah, so that's what we're doing. So like I say, my youngest is in grade 11 and a couple more years there. So hopefully she'll fly the coop and then we can sell that place and <laughs> right. Re- recoup yeah. some of my retirement money. Yeah. Get them, get them yeah. on the, on the grounds crew, put them to work. Yeah. My oldest worked for me for a couple of years and she was a real good worker, but she didn't really like the early mornings and coming to work. Nah, so yeah. she bailed, she bailed on me. Yeah. Uh, tough at that age. Yeah. Totally get that. Yeah. The mornings are tough. The mornings yeah. are tough. Right. I get that. 
at my age, I don't think I'd be, <laughs> I'd be like the uh, afternoon mower. If that's even, oh yeah, thing. you want to do that? <laughs> be the be the night waterman. Sure. Okay, you can and get another cat. Yeah, we got cats all lots of cats world. here. Yeah, yeah, don't even start. My wife has four. Oh, I don't have cats around me. Uh, unless yeah. if you see one, that would be concerning. Um, I got a question. I, I feel like on the on the property there, you got lawn bowling, horseshoe, and bocce, and I was curious if that is under your umbrella as well. Yeah, and uh, there's the mini golf there. Right. Yeah. Great. Right. And the tennis. Is that real? Real grass at the mini golf. At the mini no? golf. Yeah. No. 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 Okay. It's artificial. Some, artificial I carpet there. Seen a, a real grass mini golf course before, but uh, yeah, I'm actually most interested in the lawn bowling because I love lawn bowling, and a lot of people don't know that bocce is different from lawn bowling, and that the yeah, lawn bocce bowling is, balls yeah. are are weighted, and, and it's almost more like I guess curling, if you will, but. Is there much difference between a lawn bowling green and a, and like a golf green? So in theory, like a real lawn bowling green, you'd, you'd probably want it a little firmer. Okay. Is, is what I would think. Yeah. But I will say like our lawn bowling green at Falk Lake is probably the fastest lawn bowling green in North America. Wow. <laughs> right. Like a, if you had to stimp it, what would you? It, it, well, it's, it's, it's kind of a joke. Eh? So Back in the day when I, when I had 12, 16 guys, we had a separate mower just for the lawn bowling that was set at a higher height than the green because it doesn't need to be cut as short as the greens do, right? Okay, but yeah. now simply because of equipment and manpower, so when my guys cut the green, they go over and they cut the lawn bowling too. So, <laughs> so, ba- so basically, you know, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so it is pretty funny, and I always sit and question myself like what are we doing this for but it, i mean it again it's just to save on an extra piece of equipment and, and and another guy having to go over and waste an hour driving from our shop to the lawn bowling green cut and go back so yeah do you, yeah you it, roll, it's cool do you roll the greens at the lawn bowling <laughs> no i don't no i don't you don't, you don't have to you don't have to so if, if you come out then you should go and play on there i don't know I if you should. played on there but I didn't, right? I, I haven't played that one yet. Uh, I've yeah. only, but I did yeah, read that, cool. uh, 1966, the, the green opened at Falcon Lake and you guys hosted the major Canadian lawn bowling championship. So cool. Eh? Very, very I would, I would have liked to seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there used to be a group of people that came out every year, but they haven't been out for a couple of years. I don't know if it, cause it was COVID or what they, they were an older group, but like, if you're familiar with lawn bowling, they all showed up. It's like Wimbledon, eh? They have their white pants, their white shirts, oh, wow. their white hats. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> they, they were right into it. Like I sat there and watched them like they're hardcore. They just, oh, yeah. 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 It, it was, was pretty funny. Like, uh, almost like curly. And they had, I saw they had often they'll have like a, a piper that leads them out onto the pitch and the different teams or something. Oh, Maybe well, we didn't have that right. Falcon, but no that'd be kind of yeah. cool to okay. see. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, they were yeah. right into it. There's tennis courts there too, but those aren't, those are probably just concrete. They're not like clay or grass. No, no, those, those are asphalt, yeah. But again, you got to blow the leaves and you got to wash them every year. And yeah, mm-hmm. every little bit of maintenance. I have one guy that goes over and, and he does most of the maintenance at the mini golf. So usually mm-hmm. he spends about 12 hours a week cutting grass, trimming, edging, Right. Yeah. Weeding flower beds and stuff. Yeah. So it does fall under our purview there as well. Good to know. You got it all. You got it all covered. Uh, MGSA, Manitoba Golf Super Tennis Association. We talked to Dustin Howe about that last year. 
you you uh you mentioned you were a, a golfer do you play in the turf grass tournament in the skins game i saw that was at carmen this year i i didn't play in the skins game right i've lost my like my competitive edge that way you know yeah it's not a big thing for me uh this year this year we had a ton of guys like it was probably one of the better attended for the yeah. skins game yeah but i do i play every year in the in the turf grass research tournament played That's with the fun. same guys for poof, 15 years now for sure so we just mm-hmm. go out it's it's more about a good time the guys i play with aren't really hardcore golfers we just you know we just enjoy playing and uh, it's, it's more of a bullshit bullshit session just to catch up with each other because aside from Absolutely. talking on the phone we don't really see each other that often yeah. so yeah but it's good it was a full field again this year Carmen was awesome, right? That's a, that's somebody you should try to get on your program is Rob Ham. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he'll have stories for you for sure. He's a good and, dude. And I don't, I haven't played Carmen. I don't, JR, have you played Carmen? Uh, yeah. I'm, we are terrible people here. Uh, we got to get <laughs> yeah, up there. Yeah, you, haven't played. you should go, you should go because like, I mean, Rob's a good dude. I mean, anytime I've been there, that course has been dialed in. Like it's I'm nice. And it's, it's just a different golf course. Eh? You got some tight, narrow holes. You got some yeah. interesting shots. Yeah, it, it's a good course. Yeah, We've heard too many times from too many pros that uh, it's a great course. So oh, yeah. it's, it's only whatever. It's, it's 45 so minutes. It's so yeah. close. Well, we got to quit our jobs. What Maybe we get a good sponsorship from one of these uh, herbicide companies, and we can. Um, Send those guys. Uh, we, well, well, we'll fax them. Um, so fax them. yeah, we've been faxing them for the last three years. They haven't answered. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, that number is uh, probably- this might be not be in your realm, but uh, yeah, 2018, they got the, you guys hosted the men's mid am and women's am, yeah. Um, and I was wondering if there's any more Gulf Manitoba events planned for you guys, or I, I haven't heard, yeah, right? I mean. I know sometimes it's tough because you give up your course. So they look at uh, losing that revenue, but it was, it was good. So on that, like back in my Southwood days, like we had the Manitoba open back there and you you know how it is. Like you kind of ramp up your course for a tournament. So it's fun. It kind of gets the juices flowing. So when we had that, we spent a couple of days doing a couple of little different things and kind of got it dialed in. And I, I think they had a good time. I mean, nobody, Nobody shot 15 under. I mean, we gave them a good test of golf, right? So, I, yeah. yeah, it was, it was, it was nice. It was, uh, it was, it was fun to get the team rolling again and, you know, get into kind of tournament mode. Cause we really don't do a lot of that stuff at Falcon. Yeah. It's more just straight green fees, right? We were offering a consistent product and it was just kind of roll that out and just keep it going at that. So like I say, sometimes it's nice to kind of ramp up what you're doing. Certainly. Right? Are there times where there is like a, a men's, a men's league or um, a championship or like a superintendent's uh, revenge. We've always heard of you have though, anything like that. Yeah. We've, ne- we've never done anything like that. Yeah. No, no, you would, there, they would just there used to be too hard. Yeah. Yeah. We, there used to be a local tournament that they would always have. So the, the women still have it. Eh? So the women's tournament is called the sewer lid. <laughs> right. So that's ha- that. Yeah. So that's happening on the 14th. And so, that one's kept going and it's more, it's more usually local women that get into that. And the men's used to be called the septic tank. 
right? That they would do at the same, yeah, uh, that they would do at the same time. But the septic tank, it just it started being like poorly attended, and right. it just died off, and nobody kept it going. It so just, on those ones, all we would do is put out stupid pin. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it'd be a nine hole tournament. We just put out the some real just stupid pins. They didn't watch guys five foot, six foot. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. One more. You got so the wildfires have been a big thing. I think this this summer, last summer. Do the wildfires smoke have much effect on like turf grass? Yeah, absolutely. The the biggest thing, and and quite honestly, I just learned this basically at the start of this year, doing a little bit of research, and it was just talking about how your water requirements when you're when you're in that heavy smoke and that haze when it hangs around, how mm-hmm. your water requirements can cut by seventy five percent. Whoa. Right, you, you still have those hot days, right? But you don't have that heavy sun UV, right? right. That's baking things out. And and like two years ago, I never would have thought that. And then it just became one of those things. We had some smoke there two years ago, and I just remember there's some heavy fires there in Alberta. I think it was, or it might have been North. Anyways, but so you're kind of doing your regular water routine, and you're like, oh, wow, like things are pretty wet. Like that's kind of odd, eh? And so then I just started delving into this and you found some guys that actually did some studies that, that that was the case. Yeah. Wow. This, this year we didn't really notice that much. We had a few smoky days out here, but not, not a ton of real, real heavy smoke days. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was interesting too. Yeah. I might've read that on the MGSA and then I was like, Oh, let's, uh, Oh really? Oh yeah. Cause I'm an, I'm a, an honorary member of the MGSA, whether you, they, seriously? whether they know it or Are not, you? no, no, oh, I'm not, okay. but I, yeah, I hacked, you're one of those. I hacked into it and I read yeah, all the just, articles. You're just looking for free green fees. Just I know a, your, I know your type. No, not at all. Just, Frugal uh, golfer. There's a lot of back doors to that website. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know where you're going. I wasn't going anywhere. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hail, hail, hail. Did you guys get any hail damage this year? Cause I guess I thought I had read that there was like a bunch of hail out in, in end of July there. And we, had, yeah. everyone saw all those crazy hail damage down in like, it was like Minnesota somewhere and the greens were just peppered, but I didn't yeah, you know saw that. that, that happened that to you was guys. crazy yeah so that storm that rolled through we we had hail so if you're familiar with where the golf course is so bingo was happening because it was a wednesday night so bingo was going on at the community club nice. so there's a hundred yeah there's a hundred cars there so in that parking lot half Lickety of those click. cars yeah just got destroyed you had sunroofs busted out oh no uh, a woman that works for me was there every window in her in her hyundai santa fe was broken, Whoa. like just destroyed, but other cars were fine. The golf course, we had some of that hail, like maybe marble size at the golf course. All, all it did was look like you had a regular morning at Falcon where yeah. our clientele, nobody fixed ball marks. So it, <laughs> yeah. it, it just looked like we had, you know, a hundred extra ball marks on each green. Right. Yeah. It, it wasn't total devastation. So we just went out there. We like, we have some tools to fix ball marks fast, like these little spring loaded things. So we went out there, a couple guys, we just whacked them off as fast as we could. And then the guy went with the roller and right. Things, yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody would know any different. I mean, the but. course is probably five K from the community club. No, or no, 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 no. Like it's, it's just basically Closer. right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. 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 Half a K. If Holy that, yeah. shit. 
Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So just very, just very spotty. And then people in the campground, they had campers destroyed people down on the lake. It, it was real, just kind of hit or miss, like just narrow bands of where it was right. really horrible, the hill. So, well, and where I am here at my house, eight clicks down the road. Like we had a couple little BBs of hill. That was it. Hmm. So mother yeah, and nature. really, yeah. So it was all Not hill a big, big really, fan. Yeah, apparently. Eh? <laughs> yeah, nobody was yelling bingo when they no, came outside no. to see their vehicles. Yeah. Hey? Okay, that's one good bingo. Yeah. All right, yeah. oh, wow. we got one correct bingo. Yeah. Are there any more? Speaking of here's your twenty bucks. Speaking of storms, Jr. Oh yeah, well let's uh, let's get into it. It's the back nine lightning round. It's for Bryce Malashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. We also got his info in our link tree. Go to our social medias, click on our bio, and it's right there. Bryce is going to get us out. I'm the guy that's busy. I'm the guy that's not. That's fair. Sometimes I got to work during the day. I don't know if Bryce <laughs> listens, but we're going to get out. We'll we're going to get out. We're going to get out. We're going to get out on that new McKenzie nine and the, uh, underappreciated woods nine. Yes, sir. And maybe we'll even play the Ross, which is under construction. We'll just sneak out yeah, there and never, never be allowed know. back. Yeah. They won't know. <laughs> you, you won't make friends with the superintendent. That's <laughs> yeah, all right. We gave him, uh, we gave him some, some goodies last time when he was on the show. <laughs> Dave, you got a, you got a nickname? Oh yeah. <laughs> Tilt. 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 T-I-L-T. Yeah. Tilt. Like yeah. pinball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got really? that a long time ago. So not a lot of people know that now. My my old core friends, like from way back, yeah, I got a few that still call me that, but it, it kind of waned off. Not a lot of people call me it anymore. But That's related to pinball or that's related to something else? Yeah, so the story is like way back when, so, oh, I'm dating myself. Like, I don't know. How old are you guys? You must know what Atari uh, was. You but anyways, look like oh, you're yeah, 34. Yeah. So yeah. So Atari, <laughs> Atari had a, a TV commercial and they're pumping this game, Atari pinball. Yeah. So this dude came on playing the game and his name was tilt Turner. So my, <laughs> yeah. So my buddy, Mike, my, one of my buddies, Mike Brennan, he just came to school one day and he said, Hey, tilt Turner. And then from there just stuck and it. <laughs> that, wow. that was it for forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's a decent name though. That's yeah, a great, yeah. Yeah, not bad. Some Quick people get stuck with worse. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> much worse. Yeah. I was I was gonna call you a zero turn. Oh, hey, hey, that, that could be a good one. <laughs> and that's related to zero turn mowers. That's the yes, connection. I, 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 I know I you got, got it, it Dave. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Also, yeah. could be a sponsor. Some of those, some of those yeah, listeners there you out there, you those go. listeners out there, and so bright. <laughs> Zero turn or lawnmower. Yeah, yeah. I get you. All right. Uh, well, so the back nine's pretty well uh, heavily uh, focused on golf. Not uh, we should have a back nine for supers too. But first one, have you ever got a hole in one? No, I haven't. My sister has two, and it pisses Whoa. me off. Whoa! <laughs> my si- my sister was just out in PEI too. Really? She went out to play. Yep. Yeah. Did she see uh, Terry Hashimoto out there? No, 
I'm, I'm well, guessing I, not. Yeah. I, I, uh, I I haven't seen her since she's got back. So <laughs> she could have. I'm not sure. Yeah, she might have. Yeah, been. she was, she played in the Canadians uh, women's amateur there too. What? So, Holy yeah. shit! Yeah, we gotta she's get a good her golfer. On. I think I think she peaked. She played Granite uh, a couple weeks ago, just before they left there, and she shot 76 at Granite. So cool. she, yeah. So that was her career around there, and I think she peaked too soon. So <laughs> yeah, she went out um, PI, but it, it rained both days that they were oh. playing so she didn't have the best day but anyway sorry we'll get out of my family Don't be later, sorry yeah. yeah do you want to mention her name give her a shout out yeah mary turner she uh yeah she's my big sister i have two sisters she's the older of the two and yeah she's i, I look up to her she's a good she's a good egg she's been working at the pan am clinic since the panic clinic started wow yeah. wow I've yeah, been she's there. an athletic therapist. Yeah, I've been there a few times. And the middle sister, we want to give her a shout out just so we don't leave her out. <laughs> her name is Karen, and she's a good egg too. And if right you on. need someone to just talk your ear off for fourteen hours, she's the person you want to have around. <laughs> we'll get her on. <laughs> yeah, get her get on the ball. <laughs> yeah, she. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, a good egg too. Well, yeah, you'll have to set up the course tough for uh, for them when they whenever they're out at Falcon. Do you what you got a golf ball that you uh, you play specifically? I, I've been playing Pro V's for forever since they came out, but uh, it's funny because Falcon, there's way too many people that play golf balls they shouldn't, right? I mean, you should not be following, finding Pro V ones 15 yards off a tee box straight in the bush. But anyways, are they marked? Uh, are they marked with 18 over par? <laughs> Uh, there, there's lots that have their names on them and you kind of yeah. wonder why guys put their names on them if oh, they're hitting yeah. them that deep in the bush. No. But yeah. a... so, but anyway, I, I've been finding lots of those Chrome softs and I actually yeah. uh, like those balls. It seems you can uh, really throttle them off the tee. So, yeah. So I started playing those. A lot of people play the Chrome soft. JR, yeah. you play the Chrome soft. I, I never, never really gave them a chance. You know, I don't know. Uh, number one ball found at Falcon Lake Kirkland. Oh, good. Good little tidbit there. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. Just well, they had, they had a great scads sale. of them. Scads of them, yeah. I play Kirkland's, and, and sometimes... Half of those are mics. I was there once, and <laughs> and I lost 30 balls. No, they're not bad. I don't know. We'll have to go to the MySpy Golf ratings on them, but uh, I don't know. I'm a frugal golfer, and... They did well for me, but uh, we'll move on from that. What do you, well, I guess not yet. Do you, what do you, how many balls do you, you must find millions of balls. What, what do you guys do with the balls you find on the course? Donate them to uh, your, your staff or? Well, well, I mean, anybody that finds a ball as they're working, that those are just theirs, right? Mm-hmm. And then any other ones, like I find a lot, like I know, like uh, buddies of mine, like guys play noodles. Some guys like Kirkland, some guys like X, some guys like the colored ball. So I'll just, you know, I'll keep those in my cart and I'll just pawn them off. Yeah. And then uh, we, we've got some regular guys that play early, early in the morning, like try to be the first guys off. So yeah, same thing. If I find a ball while I'm going, I'll be changing holes. I'll just leave a couple balls by the hole as I'm, as I'm working. Right. Yeah. But as a, as a rule, my guys just take all the balls. Yeah. For themselves. Um, this one, uh, you might be biased. What uh, What is your favorite course to play in Manitoba? Favorite course to play in Manitoba. That's correct. Yeah, I like Falcon. I like Hecla. Just for that same resorty kind of open, wide open, just nice, easygoing feel. 
Uh, Clear Lake is up there. I always love going to Clear Lake. I went out and played Oak Island about four years ago. Like I was amazed that, that it's a great track. And to anybody that listens, if you haven't been there, it is absolutely worth the trip. Go out there. Best greens complexes in Manitoba. I thought it's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. That De- Des Coop was a super, uh, there when we went out there. Yeah. The place was, we great played guy. late October. Yeah. The place was just dialed in. It was place was great. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, uh, oh, Gilbert Plains is a nice golf course. But, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's a, yeah. Yeah, that's a top five. Uh, uh, that's pretty amazing. Uh, you got any bucket list course in Manitoba that you want to get out to? You just haven't been able to get out to yet. A bucket list course. Yeah. Interesting. And and I actually shouldn't extend this to Northern Ontario as, as you're kind of in that region as yeah. well. I've, I've been to most of those courses in Northwest Ontario because when I sold turf equipment, that was part of my territory. So I've been mm-hmm. out in that area. Yeah, uh, I've I've been to Whitewater in Thunder Bay. I don't know if you heard of that course. Yeah, Real nice yeah. layout there. Yeah, I, I haven't played it, but it's a pretty. The cool pro layout. there is uh, questionable. I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, he doesn't listen to this. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we had him on. Great guy. To be honest, I always said that I'd like to just take a month and just go play every little golf course in Manitoba mm-hmm. in those small towns. Cause I, I find all those small town Manitoba golf courses, they're like they're just awesome because half the time they've got maybe one staff, two staff, the rest are volunteer people that are out there working and they, they, they just care for it. It becomes like a, like their mm-hmm. showpiece for the town. And like, there, there's just probably too many to mention that I'd like to go to. Yeah. Well, yeah. the pro at Whitewater, Matt Simmons, uh, yeah. he says in you, he drives by Falcon. I think he said this. He said he drives by Falcon and he never played it. And he, he always looks, yeah. he wants to play it. So Matt, if you're listening, uh, Dave's Dave's, we wants know to have you out. You guys yeah. are going to have a match and it's going to be, it's going to be filmed on our 18 over par <laughs> YouTube. That doesn't exist, but uh, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Done. You'll, you'll have a, you'll have a nine hole match and then, and then you'll have a uh, a greens and fairway mowing competition. I don't know. I'm that's, just making this plan. up. Matt, It'd be like Matt's those lumberjack the, competitions. The straightest, the straightest cut line. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Who can hold a, the more the straightest down a fairway? Yeah, oh, okay. God. That could be tough. There you go. It could be. Gotta, yeah, it could be very as long, tough. As long as you don't have a late night before. <laughs> Well, lots of my guys do that and they, they manage quite well. So. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the most memorable course that you have ever played? Have you done any uh, golf tourism at all? Yeah. I, I mean, even Banff is, pre- Banff is pretty nice. Yeah. Uh, Medicine hat. We, on the way to Banff, we stopped at a place in medicine hat called desert blue. If you're ever there, go play it awesome you're down in a coulee right in the badland it, it just if my man it was an awesome course we had a great time there again great greens just did just a great layout yeah it was pretty cool good that was a real nice place uh i had the pleasure of going to the masters in 2004 Ooh. Uh, we, yeah we played a course called secessions in south carolina that again the place was just absolutely mint in a floodplain uh, it was one of those high, super high end private clubs. They only do like 
some, it was some stupid thing, like 24 tea times a day kind of thing. Yeah. You know, I, I show up with my red tag shoes and that they, they take your golf shoes. Some guy takes them in, polishes them up. Cleans them up. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was just, it, it was a, it was a pretty cool experience. Pretty That's cool awesome. experience when we were there. Yeah. I had a good time there. Great went, golf course. Was that yeah. through uh, some sort of organization or like you guys just went on a, on a trip down there and I bet no, Toro, yeah, that, did Toro take you down there? Actually easy go <laughs> did because easy go. Yeah. So that was one of those things. We flipped the leases at both golf courses. So it was whatever, right. 125 carts. So Michael Gurton at the time. Yeah. So we went down there with myself. Lloyd Davies was a super at heckle at the time. Dave mm-hmm. Gray was the pro and yeah. Brian Gunther. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So Brian's nice. down at the fly-in now. Shout he out was up to here for numbers. Easy go if you have any free passes to uh, Augusta. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah, yeah. Or, I, I or a club to car or Toro or or uh, John Deere. Uh, whoever's listening, we're we're open. Yeah, it, it's yeah, it was cool. It was a good trip. It, it, it's pretty cool, and it's like everyone says, like the TV does not do the course justice at all. It's it's pretty awesome. Pretty nice who, property. Who won the Masters in two thousand four, Dave? Phil. Hey, he did Mickelson. Yeah. How about that? So, what, a, what a great guy. <laughs> wow. This no is, uh, we do, we know him really well. This is a good segue with the exception of Augusta National Golf Club. Uh, unless you actually played it when you were down there, what would be your number one bucket list course anywhere in the world? Uh, Torrey Pines. Oh, all right. That's kind of a little bit different. We don't hear uh, that very often. No. I have a Torrey Pines hat. I should have worn that tonight. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I just think it's, it, again, it's a cool course. Looks like it'd be a fun layout to play. Right? Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I could actually play there. Right. Yeah. Right? When you went, don't get me wrong. There, there's lots of other good courses. I mean, as you know, I mean, you, you, <laughs> oh. could, you could, right? You could just... Yeah, we can right. we could go on for days. Yeah. yeah, Pinehurst Pebble. I mean, you could just go on and on. Yeah, but yeah. Um, when you were at the Masters, did you? So did you witness practice rounds, or were you there for a couple of days? Or yeah, we were there Wednesday, uh, and then we were there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Wow. So yeah, it was pretty cool. The practice rounds were cool. It, like Freddie's my number one uh, golfer, so. Got to watch Freddie, so I followed him around for a practice round, yeah, which was pretty cool. And then the first day, Thursday, we kind of we were going to try to follow Tiger, but it was just way too many people. So right, we we just kind of pick and choose. Followed VJ for a bit. Sandy Lyle followed him. Like, oh yeah, nice. Yeah, he's hitting two irons. Like, he's hitting two irons farther than my drive. It was just crazy. Like he's just hitting, <laughs> like just just bombs. Eh, and he was playing with yeah. Sergio Garcia. Yeah, and Sergio, like just incredible those guys, and they just how they bang it around there. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, had, had a good time there. Yeah, nice. And then, uh, like, yeah, I don't know if you know what Augusta. Eh? Like, you can just you buy a chair, you put it down somewhere. Yeah, yes. You leave it. I have seen and, that. And, yeah, so we did that. It, it was cool. So the Friday we got to see Arnie walk up. That was his last round, mm-hmm. right? So we were there on eighteen as Arnie walked up on the uh, Friday, and that was pretty cool. Like the crowd was, it was just. It was it was pretty awesome, yeah. So wow. got to see that. Uh, what, what else? We watched a bit of the par three. Saw a couple hole in ones on there. Jeez, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Battled six thousand people in the pro shop for merchandise. <laughs> uh, was, did you get? Yeah. You, you buy a bunch for your friends and everything. And... 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I got some for my family. I got uh, a few other things for some people that asked for stuff, but right. they, I mean, it was crazy. Like, I, I mean, it wasn't cheap. It, like I think I dumped two grand the first time I went in there, but there's guys in front of me. I mean, there's just like eight grand worth of oh, stuff. Like just of course. 50 shirts. I'm like, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Sell them or something. Yeah. Well, then there, here's this, Get, yeah, this poor superintendent from the prairies, right? Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. I'll get a, I'll get a one T, please. Uh, one, yeah, pretty much. One how, much they, how much are these keychains? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we got to ask this one. What is your career low round? My career low round, seventy-one oh, yeah. at Falcon. Wow. Whoa. That would be. That's back that, when I was playing golf a lot. Still, that's that's no joke. Yeah, it was, you know, it was just one of those things. It was a good day. Just hitting it good, right? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, yeah, good day. Sure. Well, you know, like like I'm not a, I'm not a pretty golfer. I got to do a lot of scrambling quite mm-hmm. often, you know, so things just kind of worked out. Yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I typically, um, I usually shoot in that, in around 80 there when I'm playing my normal game. Oh, that's great. Right? Yeah, 84. I mean, I can shoot in the 70s sometimes, but... It is what it is. Do you, do you keep uh, an index? No, like, no, like I said, like I honestly, my yearly average up until this year was about four rounds, hmm, right? right? Mm-hmm. Of, of real golf, I'll, I usually play in like three, four of the same scrambles every year. I don't really count those as as golfing because sure. you're usually more drinking and just hammering, like shooting as hard <laughs> as you can. Kind of, you know? Right, right. Yeah, you have but, you have a low score on the on the mini course, on the mini putt course. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember. I I probably do. I can't remember what it is. I yeah. honestly can't remember what it is. But if you guys come, we'll go and we'll have a we'll have a mini golf yeah. off. Awesome. Right? Uh, yeah. For a case for a case of beer. Right. We'll hit it all off. Mini golf. Lawn bowling. Is that a golf. is that a Lake of the Woods brew that you got there? Or no, um, this this one's uh, Trans Canada. Trans Canada. That's PCB. right. Sorry, I should have known. Yeah. Lamplighter Amber Ale. It's not bad. Nice. But uh, yeah, shout out to Lakewoods Brew Company. My older daughter works there. She serves in the evenings. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. bartend, bartend sometime. Yeah. So if you want, uh, yeah, Dead Man Switch. Yeah. We'll I'm try I'm uh, I'm partial to the nautical disaster of the. Hey, there's Woods. another good one. Yeah, Channel Marker. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Lakeside Kolsch is a nice, easy drinking one. Hundred <laughs> percent. That that's a good summer one on the deck after work. Absolutely, you know what's amazing? Just a good primer. I was in Toronto, and they have a Lake of the Woods brewery uh, lounge right outside of Union Station, which was super cool to see. And I and I've heard from our friends at uh, Globo Drain. Shout out to Global Jane. Uh, they're expand. Look, the woods is span- expanding like huge, and and putting in a lot of more production. So that's exciting. Oh, really? I, I didn't know that. They, I know that they were looking at buying a warehouse there in Kenora and ramping up their uh, brewing capacity there. So and right, I, yeah. and they were gonna have they're gonna have another tap room there. I think that's that's going through. But yeah, uh, they have one in Moro too. Eh? You guys know that? I do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. This is my wild card. I got like six wild card questions. Uh, biggest, we, I'm surprised this didn't come up, but what would be your biggest frustration with golfers? Well, I know you're going to ask that because you asked every other super <laughs> on there. So I, I will say this year, hands down, foot draggers. 
pick up your pick up your damn feet on the green. Yeah. So yeah, so you know what it's like, Amy, and you know you got those big spider cleats, right? Those spikes, right? Mm-hmm. I, soft spikes are great, but yeah. when you start dragging your feet or doing those foot twists, right? When you got the greens dialed down and you're cutting short and rolled, it makes a huge difference, right? And mm-hmm. so you drive around because you know what it's like, like we do our thing, change the whole greens cut, we roll it it's pristine. Things are awesome. And that's how you want it to stay as much as possible. And you drive around, you know, literally five groups later and you see 15 feet scuff marks. Some guy uh. couldn't pick up his feet and walked right across the green. That's, that's a real piss off. And then after that, it's the same as everybody's told you, right? When you're by the green or, or by the tee, just keep four tires on the path, right? The right. card will go around you. Maintenance staff will go around you. Yeah. I want to, I want to highlight that one first before you go on to the other one, but like, sure. I don't think a lot of people know that everyone wants to be courteous and, and move to the side in anticipation that a cart, a beverage cart that will, will come by you or something and, and, or something will come by you. But so you're yep. saying the supers want the golfers to stay on the cart. hundred percent. Or the cart path. Yeah. A hundred percent. So the next time you go drive, you're playing around the golf where, wherever you're playing, right? If there's not stakes or a rope and post keeping you off that path, you take a look and you can see where that path started at six feet. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see at especially tees and greens where everybody tends to park that those areas have probably expanded to seven, eight feet wide. And it's mm-hmm. not because the supers are making it mm-hmm. bigger. It's just simply nonstop. Right. So I always, I always tell guys, you have your driveway and you probably have a nice lawn and you just cut it. So it looks pristine. Oh yeah. So my, Jay, my driveway so Jay, Jay, and my lawn are not pristine, but yeah, but, but maybe we'll so get into that. Yeah. So here's the case in point. So Jr. comes to your house, right. And he drives up on your driveway and puts two wheels on, onto your grass right beside the driveway. Right? <laughs> yeah. He does and do then, that. And <laughs> that then asshole. Jr. leaves. Yeah. Right. And then Jr. leaves. So now you, you times that like we have 60, 60 odd carts. So you times that by 120. So 120 people do that every day. So if JR does that 120 times to your driveway, right? What do you think that strip of grass is going to look like? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, So it just wears it out. Right. And for Mm. the most part, you'll see the beer cart, what, four times, five times, maybe. And he knows he'll go around you. He'll, he knows what he's doing. Right. So we'd sooner that those 120 carts a day, stay on the path as much as possible just yeah. to limit that wear. Right. Yeah. And especially at the greens, cause you don't want a big bald dead spot. Yeah. Right. Cause your ball's there. Now you got to get a lift or right. If your buddy's being a, you know, a wiener and you're playing for money and he won't give you a lift. Hit it off know? the path. Yeah. It, well, yeah. Or hit it off that hard path. Right. Which I is think, what you don't want. I think the biggest thing that I see at, at public courses is ball marks and and I play a lot at Grand Pines or Clear Lake. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're seeing this at Falcon, but nobody, not nobody, but like there are so many ball marks. And then I go around and I fix like three per green, thinking that the yep. golf gods are going to give me a birdie here and there. They don't, but I'm still <laughs> fixing and fixing. It'll come. It'll come. Once you get that hole in one, that'll be worth it. So I guess my question is, do you see that? And what is the proper way to fix a ball mark on the green? We, we see ball marks like nobody's business, right? We, we also, like I say, so like I said, so like generally you find like we have a good mix, right? Half, half our golfers are, are 
let's say seasoned golfers. So they get it. They get all the etiquette. They know what's going on. We get a lot of people that are right. We're out camping. Let's try golf. Like, let's just, so you see those people, eh? they buy 20 counter balls to get four sets of rental clubs, rent a cart off to the races, right. Wearing their mm-hmm. jean shorts and their, you know, their uh, tank top <laughs> type of thing. Eh? Well, I'm not knocking yeah, them. I mean, nothing wrong with that. come have at her, but That's like, good they, fashion. Just don't, they don't get it. I mean, they don't get, well, I hit a six iron from, whatever right 180 it hit the back of the green and went off but you still made a ball mark at the back of the green right, right. but they just they just don't get it whether they just weren't taught i mean it, it just is what it is it just comes to their territory so yeah. we spend a lot of time in the morning we fix quite a few ball marks and you know and it's just it's just a fact of life you just got to deal with it proper way to fix a ball mark i mean you really should never put your tool in and lift the turf right mm. go from the back side of where it balled up and push the turf back as best you can and then just give it a pat with your putter try to make it look as flat and level as you can try to do as, the least amount of prying up as possible interesting that's that, good that's my that's that's my we, we almost i was thinking this jr we should almost get a video and dave maybe you can provide like a little i don't know <laughs> yeah, if you tutorial. can provide a video on how to do it and i did see yeah. this recently and somebody had put it out there and they dig a little hole in the middle of the, the ball mark. And then they flap, you know, the backside over, but I, I don't know. If oh yeah. There, there's all kinds of different ways. I'm, I'm pretty sure if you go on the USGA site that yeah. they have a video on the way they want correct uh, ball mark or the way they recommend. Uh, we don't if recognize you... the USGA on this program. Okay. 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's, that's the green section though. The green section is different. We That's are uh, strictly, yeah. strictly RNA here. Oh, there you go. I don't know why I said that, but well, that's good. That's cool. Uh, I'm going to go one more question kind of, or a statement. I liked, so the day we played, yeah, car path only. Uh, I'm in the middle of the fairway and I think uh, there was probably a marshal there, but there was sand on the carts, which is great. Right. You know, some places don't have the sand mixture on the carts. So I take yep. a good, a good hunk. And then uh, the marshal was watching. So I was courteous and, and put my, my sand in my divots as I would do, even if the marshal wasn't there, I'm sure I would do that. Um, but I think what we learned last year was that putting your beaver tails, divot pellets back in those holes aren't doing a lot of help and maybe you can back that up or maybe you will dispute that. Uh, well, I'll, I'll dispute it a bit. Like if you, if you, like you're hitting a wedge and you take a massive chunk out of there and it's got, it's got some turf to it. Like it's thick. Like you say, like it's half inch, three quarters inch thick. At least at Falcon Lake, put it back. Cause I guarantee you it'll grow back mm-hmm. in our conditions, right? In our soil. Right. Yes. If you just skiff it and it's all just, just disintegrates in your hand and it's just a bunch of, you know, turf and like some roots kind of thing. Okay. Then by then put the sand in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. And that goes again to our, our location. Right. Mm-hmm. Again, cause we're tend to be moist and I, we've just found that those divots will grow back. Right. But yes. what we have found though, is because 
we started putting the sand on last year that we put them on the carts, the divot bottles. Yeah. So when we started doing that, like nobody would put a divot back. So you look, you come in the morning and you'll find those big, thick chunks all over the place. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So I say for me, if you're at Falcon, please, you have a thick divot, put it back best you can stomp it down. So it sits in there and those Mm -hmm. skiffy ones, that's what the sand's there for. How about her? I, I'm impressed that you took the sand with you when it was cart path only and you walked out with the sand. Bottle. I ran, oh, yeah. I ran out and you know what? Sometimes those bottles aren't easiest. They're not very easy to use for some reason. They got that weird neck on them and then you got to like turn it every yeah, which way. Yeah. They're counterintuitive to the handle to the way the, <laughs> yeah, the yeah. spout points out. Yeah. Like, am I yeah. doing this right? It's like but, connecting uh, a yeah. USB. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's but I will good. say too, don't, don't leave a big, super big blob of, of the sand there. Lots of people just throw it down. Yeah. Right. Throw it in there. Give it a, just give it a brush with your foot and a stomp. Call it good. And we, and we thank anybody that does that. We thank you for doing that. A lot of people don't know this though. They don't know this. And we got to have lessons on how to take care of the course too. Sure. I mean, I mean, that's one of those things too. You know, you, you would hope that up front they're telling people, right. Cause I mean, there's lots of people that'll finish around and they'll go, what do you mean? There's, there's sand there on the cart. Like, <laughs> yeah, like right. some people just don't even realize, right? The one you know? guy. Oh, oh sorry, there's a ball washer on going my on. Yeah, yeah. That he thought that the uh, sand thing, the sand bottle, was uh, a urine urinal. It was like a portable urinal, and <laughs> oh, I don't know how true that was, but there was a picture of the guy peeing into the sand bottle. <laughs> well, looks, well, so, so there. So there's a side note. So people always ask me, like, you know. 10 years ago, you had all the divot boxes on every tee, right? With sand and soil for people, right? But that's what we found. Eh? You would go in the morning and you would move those things. And especially at our place, like half the time they were peed in. Oh, we had, we, we had, we've had other stuff in there. Uh, Ashtray, put their empty beers in there. Yeah, it's just, so that's why I got rid of them. It, it, and the, I think the tees are actually better now. Like we, we'll just send guys out every day like my fairway guys will finish mowing they'll go out they'll do a couple holes of divots are so if we do them we kind of control it a little bit better That's smart yeah but, yeah feces. well i guess i don't know if it's smart but feces in the bunkers <laughs> oh yeah i've had uh one morning i came in the, the bunker on 17 if you remember that short part three yeah and then and in the one trap somebody wrote hey turner and then there was a big arrow at the end, oh, pointing no. to the other trap. So I went to the other trap and it says, you're an asshole. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, yeah, it's pretty uh, good. Got you good. Got you yeah. good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I could have six more. But um, flagship question of the back nine lightning round. What is your favorite condiment? And I know, and we spoke about it briefly, but... Falcon Lake has an unbelievable restaurant that they have there too. So uh, shout out to them as well. We don't want to leave them out of this. Yeah. Chelsea's our cook there. Yeah. She does a great job there. Yeah. I'm going to go uh, banana peppers. Hey, oh, yeah, good nice. answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Great answer. Yeah, if you can find them and you're going to put them on a, whether it's sausage, burger. Uh, if yeah. If they have them, I'll, Dumb, put, I'll put on anything. Oh, nice. Subway. Subway has some good manners. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Don't judge me on this. You like ham and pineapple pizza? I do. Yeah. yeah. Put it on there. So put banana peppers on there. Ooh. Just try it out. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. one of my faves. Ham, one of my pine, faves. bananas, maybe even some feta. 
Yeah, feta is feta is a thing now. Maybe just for our age group though. There on ham and pineapple. Oh, oh yeah, feta on everything. Some feta on there. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll try it out. I'll, I'll take it for. I like feta. I'll let, I like feta, so I'll try. Okay. It. I would say first time answer for banana peppers. I as, think so. as far as my memory can can go back. Uh, second question, Jr. This doesn't happen. I know we're we're going long. Winnipeg Jets. Since you're 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 a hockey coach, what do the Jets got to do to be be cool? Be successful. <laughs> Assuming you're a Jets fan, where, maybe, where, you're, where, maybe yeah, you're a Leafs well, fan. I don't know. No, no, I'm a Manitoba boy. I don't know. Like honestly, I, 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 I don't know what's going to happen this year. I'm kind of interested to see what'll happen. Right. I, I, I want to see if that dynamic in the dressing room changes because I think, like, I mean, I don't know if you guys played hockey, but I mean, just from what you've heard and what you've seen for the past two years, like that has to be like their number one issue, right. Is what I think. So we'll, right. we'll see. I mean, wheels is gone. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see if that has any impact there and then we'll see who, like who the leaders en- end up emerging out of there. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just think they, they had the talent. I just, you just wonder what, like what happened there. Right. Yeah. You know, I agree. We'll see right. what happens. We'll see what happens. I like to hear right. that. They get, they got some good, they got some good talent there. I mean, yeah. and they should, they should be able to do something. So we'll see. If anyone knows what's going to happen, it's probably Bryce Matt Lashewski. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Yeah. He can, uh, he can look into his investment crystal ball and maybe that'll help out. But uh, that was the back nine lightning round for Bryce Matt Lashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. Thank yourself a super. Thank you, Dave, for coming on. It's going to be uh, an awesome month. Get out to Falcon. You heard it here. Best time of the year. Well, one of the best times of the year is right now. So get out there and uh, and play. And hopefully we got uh, another month and a bit here to go in our lovely yeah. golf yep. season. But uh, thanks again. Awesome. Uh, have yourself a wonderful night. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Hey, I appreciate it, eh? Thanks for having me on, guys. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot.